It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Atlanta's SportsX. Good evening, wrestling fans. Hope you've had a wonderful week since we last spoke last Thursday. This is Road Dog Adam Gillespie. I'm with my tag team partners or partner. I'm not sure at the moment. We're about to find out. But John Rad, are you in attendance? Present. Chris Colwell, are you in attendance? Present. Uh. All right, so Chris, I guess, is not with us yet, although he just texted me. There he is. He made it. Welcome Hi. aboard. What's up, guys? Not much. Okay, can we pull the curtain back a little bit here? Go for it. In true Colwell fashion, show starts at 7, Colwell gets here at 7. <laughs> Hello, everybody. True Colwell fashion. He's the Buck Blue of the uh, finishing <laughs> wow. move. We didn't Look, have to I'm go to names. Steve Austin, who shows up halfway through a Monday Night Raw back in the Attitude Era. Like, wasn't he supposed to be there, like, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? He shows up halfway through the show, gets interviewed, goes and beat somebody down in the ring. Yeah, but That's Stone Cold right earned the clout to do that. I don't know if you're you're putting yourself on Stone Cold level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more of a Nick Bockwinkle. The but Brooklyn, he was on Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Brawler. Brawler yeah. Barry Horowitz. The Repo Man. Yeah. Hey, I'll um, pat myself on the back if you're going to call me Barry H. <laughs> uh, well, it's been a full, another full week of wrestling. Of course, all of our usual Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays activities and uh, this week we had Sunday, we had a WWE pay-per-view, the second WWE pay-per-view that has kind of fallen under this new temporary world that we're living in, money and the bank. Uh, and WWE got a little, uh, that one that we call uncreative, they got a very creative uh, with at least one of the matches that they had at Money in the Bank, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But let me go around the room and just get uh, first... Uh, impressions for initial reactions, uh, guys. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle for overall Money in the Bank uh, pay per view. Uh, thumbs in the middle for me. Uh, I think there were some portions of it that were very predictable, and I get it. I mean, you know, you're talking of the theatrics of it, and we'll get into that here shortly. But it just, it almost, I won't say it fell flat. I just wasn't overly awed about it. It was different. I guess I have to give them credit for being different and working with the situation that we're in. Kudos to them for being different. But other than that, it just kind of fell right in the middle for me. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with John on that one. I, I mean, yeah, there's predictability amongst the matches back at the Performance Center. But I thought the matches were solid, so I did enjoy them. My biggest complaint... I mean, I don't know how many folks thought the actual Money in the Bank match itself was overly creative. I, I mean, I, it was outside the box, but it just didn't do a whole lot for me. I just, To me, you lost some of that drama that you normally get in a traditional Money in the Bank ladder how match. So? How do you lose the drama if you don't know who's going to win? And well, it's, that's the, not, it's ultimately it's, it's the, the same match. It is, but look at what we got at the women's match. You ended up with, there were six competitors. Only three of them actually made it into the ring to actually go after the briefcase. And it was a similar kind of situation with the men. You didn't really feel like the, the drama didn't unfold in the ring, which is kind of more what we're used to. And I just, well, you the know, ring I, was I had, the whole I, building. 
very true, but I, you know what? I'm conditioned to the Money in the Bank match that we've had for years, and I get it. They try to do something different. You know, and I... I so you crap hand, on them when they don't do something different, and then you crap on them when they do do something different. So, doo-doo. But I, I don't know how the, how WWE can win in, in your eyes. I mean, look, the way I look at it is they tried. I give them all the credit in the world for it. That okay. doesn't mean that it's going to be a hit every time they try something. Correct. But I commend them for going for it. I didn't say that, you know, I'm not condemning them for doing this match. I'm just saying it didn't work for me. Okay. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Once again, I'm going to say, given the conditions, the, the current circumstances, they did the best they could under the circumstances, kind of like Russell, with WrestleMania. Um, now, the Money in the Bank ladder match, itself uh since we've already kind of gotten into that i there were definitely parts of it i liked there were definitely parts of it i didn't like there were even parts of it i didn't understand why was Os- why were oscar and baron corbin fighting at the top of the ladder why did baron care if oscar got the women's title or and vice versa uh so you know i thought it was uh confusing that part was confusing to me from there i went to the thought process of, and honestly, I might have even given them credit if they would have gone this route because you, you nailed on what I was thinking. Then if that's the case, could another woman have come along and grabbed the other briefcase? That's what I was wondering and at the time that happened. one could have taken the Raw, one could have taken it to SmackDown. Yeah. So that's where I had a little bit confusion in terms of it was just that scenario of, well, wait, this doesn't make sense. In the uh, Shayna Baszler choking out Rey Mysterio, first of all, that was kind of dirty to choke out Rey Mysterio. I mean... The man deserves a little bit more. Well, he had a rough than night. He had we'll a rough month. moment. <laughs> he had a rough but, month, man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Two days. I, I thought about that as well. I was like, okay, or are they changing the rules where maybe two women or two men could yeah. get a, a, each get a briefcase? Or, um, and I agree with you. Do, I do agree with you, Chris, on the point where the match kind of culminated without even all six uh, women superstars at least being in the ring area. Although I do understand that the whole building, can, I guess, was considered the ring. Uh, they obviously went some for some laughs at some points during the night with the appearance of a Doink and Brother Love. And Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon and John. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, now I can't Laura Nidus. Yeah, Laura Nidus. And, uh, of course, uh, with um, and now I uh, the one... The one person, uh, Dana Brooke, uh, winning the uh, grabbing the beef craze <laughs> from which it was that real money in that. No, because if, if that was it I all looked real, that. if I was her, I would have taken that briefcase full of money and ran. Well, she got hit with a poster, remember? So <laughs> she wasn't going too too far. And uh, like so, you said, the creative portion of it, but I guess the portions of it where it just left so many holes, and particularly mm-hmm. for something that you kind of could have edited, and it was edited. That you could have edited and tweaked and said, all right, let's reshoot this. I, that's where it kind of fell short for me. But all in all, I get what they're doing. I give the A for effort, but it's still. Mm. Well, so, how awkward was that? Like, you know, it was clear that the Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, that was badly about, edited together. That I will was poorly edited. Um, <laughs> and then you had, I think that was like, uh, you know, they had already filmed everything. It was like three days later. And they, oh, why don't we put Stephanie McMahon in there yelling at Dana Brooke that she grabbed the wrong briefcase? Because that was really bad. Uh, something we asked ourselves last week was, will any superstars be thrown off of the building? Uh, at first reaction, it looked like two of them, or first thought, it looked like two of them were thrown off the building with Ray and Alistair. Of course, the next night on Raw, we were told, well, they didn't go off the building. They only went down to a second lower level uh, roof. 
Uh, so, uh, and they're okay. They came back completely fine the next night, or at least Ray did it. Alistair, yeah, they both did. They they tagged together, uh, and uh, and and wrestled the next night. So uh, that was kind of predictable. We 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 saw that coming. Uh, one thing that I don't think anybody saw coming was Otis winning the money <laughs> oh, bank for the men. Uh, that he would have been the last of the six I would have picked uh, to get that briefcase. Did anybody get that right? Uh, no, I was nowhere near that I, one. I, I never had a guess, particularly when we saw on SmackDown he couldn't climb the ladder, and I thought maybe they would have gone like the Big Show method where he would have had to get a special ladder. But if you would have had me put money in Vegas on this one, I would have never got it. Oh, and I had had Alistair Black winning this all the way based on his kind of slow push that they've given him, and it would have been a good rise for him. But I don't have – yeah, I, I mean, who would have called that? And he did do the interview, I think, last week where he said that if he won it, he been, him and uh, uh, Tucker were going to go after the tag titles instead of the world titles. Oh. So is there going to be a, like a swerve here where we reveal that you can now challenge for whatever title you want to? Well, hasn't that me, kind always of been the, the case? The briefcase. Hasn't that been the no, case for that? You challenge for one of the well, you challenge for one of the world titles, but not any title. Period. Mm, I would argue that. I think I don't know. TNA had a thing like that. I think at one point. Well, the WWE question would be, why would been... you challenge for the IC belt or the US belt? I mean, you would obviously want the world, uh, but in his world hmm. of of belts, the tag team is the world, you know, championship. Maybe Mandy will talk some sense into him. I don't know. With time will only tell. Uh, Oscar winning the other one for the women. I, I, I'm fine with that. I like Oscar. I think she'll be a good now that we know champion, not just yeah. a uh, potential champion. That was uh, well deserved, I think, on her part. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, especially of the group of competitors. I think if Becky had not uh, ended up pregnant, <laughs> which we'll talk about later, a How little you make more. That in, sound like a punishment. A little more in detail. I think. <laughs> yeah, come uh, on now. It really set up here. It really set up for Shayna to win that, and then potentially cash in on Becky at some point down the road. Uh, so Oscar or Shayna really winning that, I think, was fine for me. No, I agree. I was perfectly okay with Oscar winning, and particularly because I hope that means that's the end of the Kabuki Warriors, and hopefully at some point in time these. Uh, Women's tag team belts will go away um, because it's just not working. The whole situation's not working. I, I'm perfectly okay with Asuka getting it. I hope she gets a longer title run this go-round. I think she's a really good heel. I, I enjoyed her, and particularly uh, paying homage to some of the greats with the with the mysterious mist. Uh, the, is the green mist? Is the mist illegal? Have we ever determined that? It's not a disqualifying event. So, But with her paying homage, having the mist, I like everything about it. So I'm definitely okay with Asuka winning the uh, winning the money in the bank and ultimately becoming champ. Well, and I'm with you, John. I mean, a long title reign would be good here. I think basically what happened on Monday more or less signals that she's a babyface now. Which, I mean, you kind of had the you had her and Shayna and Nia Jax kind of positioned as potentially like the three big heels to go up against Becky. Now that Becky's gone, somebody's got to be the babyface. So Asuka can kind of... Like be in that role like she was in NXT, but you know somebody that I would have liked to have actually seen win it, and I think John, you'll agree with me on this one a little bit, would have been Nia uh, because that's someone that has never quite, you know, injuries have interfered with kind of her ability to be that kind of top women's wrestler, and she's got the ability and the personality and just that look. It would have been nice to see her maybe get a shot at it. I'd like to say I'd agree with you on that one, but in this instance, I don't. I like Nia Jax kind of where she is. She has to have more work to go into her in terms of what she does. And even just 
even watching a little bit more as of late, the way she's been handling, not just, I, I'm not criticizing the in-ring performance, just she's like Braun Strowman to me. Braun got better with time, and he finally, I felt like it was long overdue for him. Nia needs a little bit more time in there. She might even need to be in a promo with someone that can help boost her up. I don't know who in the women's division that would be right now. Maybe a Sasha Banks, maybe a Charlotte Flair. But right now, I don't think she's in a position where she needs to be right there. Because ultimately, where you have limited combatants for the uh, women's title, you can't put her there yet. She's just not ready to me. I wonder if Nia's kind of been, you know, we've kind of speculated on this show, um, at least I know John and I have, that if you seem to be injury prone or you're throughout your career, you have a lot of injuries that you kind of uh, pay for that and by not getting titles or title pushes. And I think Nia may be in that category, unfortunately, if that if there is a true category like that. I think the other name you just kind of threw out there, Braun, definitely I feel was in that category for a little while, but now he's finally got his opportunity to see how long he see how he can go with it. Uh, we, of course, Nia's had the championship before, and I think she will be again, once again, a good champion down the road. Uh, we'll just see what happens. Were there any other matches? I know uh, you two guys said this was a very predictable pay per view. Uh, but were there any other matches that did kind of surprise you? Drew uh, retained. That's not surprising. I don't think uh, Braun retaining. I don't feel was surprising. I don't think they were just going to take it off of him that quick. Uh, Bailey beating Tamino. Yeah, was, she retained. That um, was predictable. I think, and this is sad to say, and hopefully this leads to something going further down the road. That would be a an interesting combination. And if you've watched TNA for a long time, uh, Bobby Lashley taking on Mm R-Truth, an MVP handing it over. I hope that actually puts together. We saw back in TNA, I don't remember what year it was, where it was Bobby Lashley, Sean King, and MVP were a part of a stable that were put together. I think it would be great for Bobby Lashley to have someone like MVP in his corner. The whole Lana thing, it's run its course. Rusev's now (laughs) gone, so there's really nothing there anymore. Uh, It might even be time. It would be good to see him with... You know, MVP, I don't think is going anywhere. I know he's a producer, but I think it would be fun to see him out there as a manager with Bobby Lashley where he's managing the monster and even something that you could see later on down the road. And I don't know how you guys would feel about it. That would be fun where you have MVP. He's in the corner of Bobby Lashley and you bring out Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman mm-hmm. in his corner. Yep. And these are both guys. They both have MMA uh, fighting backgrounds. These guys are both built like mountains. I think it would be something fun. I don't, you know, you're not going to get the greatest match in the world, but you're going to get something that could be a very fun program and a fun buildup. Of course, 24 oh, hours later on Raw, we did see some more teaming up of MB- MVP <laughs> and uh, uh, and Bobby Lashley. So it does look like that pairing is coming together. Of course, initially, I, I what I wanted to see out of uh, the return of Bobby Lashley to WWE was him going with uh Brock Lesnar, because of the uh, you know MMA background yep. that both of those guys have, and rumors have started to surface again that that might have be some of the post WrestleMania plans for Brock Lesnar whenever he does decide to uh, surface again in the WWE. Uh, so hopefully that will happen. I I would look forward to something like that. Let me ask you guys. I I was kind of we were watching this at my house, or I was watching it. Uh, Rachel definitely doesn't. Uh, and Madison was in bed. Uh, but it was so like, who what? Was we? <laughs> so, yeah, who yeah, was we? I don't know. We? My dogs. <laughs> me and my dogs were sitting around watching it. And um, and it was like, what, 
nine thirty, ten o'clock, and it was and we were in this final match, and I was like, well, is there another match? Uh, after this money in the bank, I thought this would be the main event, and we've already had all the championships. This this pay per view was definitely shorter than the normal pay per view uh, that we're used to, which is what four hours. It's kind of gotten to that point. It used to be the normal three hour show, but this was definitely. I mean, I think that you looked. The record showed that the only other uh, pay per view since in your house pay per views that happened years ago that were traditionally about two hours Ooh, yeah. was that December to dismember pay per view that was just awful from I think oh six or oh seven and I mean to me it didn't bother me because look we, we all know kind of what we're what we're dealing with as far as how these matches feel and the longer the night goes the more monotonous I mean just look at it like watching a Monday Night Raw that seems to go on and on forever it did that with a crowd it does it even more without a crowd you don't need three hours of a pay-per-view right now especially when it's just money in the bank or backlash or any of these secondary pay-per-views that lead up to the big four you want three hours for you know SummerSlam or survivor series or whatever fine let's just go two hours right now or a little bit over and stick with that i think it's a good amount of time reportedly vince mcmahon has come out and said he wants shorter pay-per-views uh in this new era that we're in at least temporarily uh, and I'm all for that as well. I'm a for two nights of WrestleMania, and I'm for shorter pay-per-views, at least like you said, in these ones that really uh, are not the big four uh, for WWE. Maybe every now and then you have a, a, another one that is a b- little bit longer. Um, but I'm all for the shorter pay-per-views. It makes it for an easier night for, I think, all fans out there. Can I get a shorter Monday Night Raw, too? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> something uh, fans have been asking for for a long time. I think Vince learned from uh, WrestleMania. I think he, hopefully he did that under the pretense of, you know what, shorter, I get better. Because when you're going longer, and you you nailed it right on the head, um, Adam, where your daughter, she was in bed. If you're still trying to cater yourself towards kids, and you can't have this running 11, 12 o'clock at night. I don't know what 8, 9, 10-year-old, there might be some out there, mine isn't, but I don't know what 8, 9, or 10-year-old is up till 10, 11 o'clock on a Sunday. And, you know, even in these uh, strange times that we're in, it's still a school night. My kid still has to get up, whether even though it is just down the hall, uh, to go to school. You can't just have them running to the wee hours of the night. You get a shorter pay-per-view in there. I think even if you're creative enough, and even at that point in time, maybe you make it really special. You earn your way to a pay-per-view. We're not going to just dump anybody on there. We're go- I'm going to take my best of the best. I'm going to let them put on a program, put on a pay-per-view, put on a match, let it be entertaining, and let them tell the story like you would want to see in it. And no more of these, you know, Adam, we've been very critical of it. No more of the pre-shows. No more of all this extra filler. No more of these extra promos. Put on a pay-per-view that's going to be entertaining with your best of the best, your absolute best, and you earn your way to it. And I think it would even open the, the door to the old uh, WCW days where, um, why am I drawing a blank? What was it called? It was like a... The, it was on Wednesday or Thursday night. Thunder? Yeah, not Thunder, but Clash of the Champions. Oh, yeah. Do like an ah, old, yes. old school Clash of the Champions. You kind of you, you can put some lower cards on there if you want, but your pay-per-views, make them special again. Well, they had their, they, uh, WWE had their version of that too, Saturday night main event. So, yeah. so, so they're and familiar you, with that as well. So go back to something of that style and... and you know, let's get the best of the best out there. Let's stop putting jobbers up there. And that's no disrespect to anyone mm-hmm. in particular. But let's stop putting jobbers up there. Let's stop putting guys who hadn't earned their right to be up there on our television, where at that point in time, guys like us are like, all right, well, I'm going to go get some popcorn because this is going to go for a while. When we return, we're going to go morning. over the top rope. We've got a lot to talk about, including 
the situation current for uh, Becky Lynch that we just referred to a little bit. Of the situation, bit ago. isn't that yeah. the guy from uh, Jersey Shore? Nice abs. Well, I don't think he had anything to do with this Mike? situation. That's just, uh, I hope not. If not, somebody who's going to have an issue with that. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk, is a legend going away from the business? And we're going to talk about another guy, another legend returning to the business when we go over the top rope, when we return here on The Finishing Move. This is Atlanta Sports X. Live from Cobb County and covering everything that you love about Atlanta. We start the day with home team in Hamilton at 9 a.m. as they bounce around the ATL with all the big local stories. Then at noon, it's the cheap seats with Tug Coward and Hudson Mason. And trust us, it takes an Atlanta radio veteran like Tug to keep that bulldog on the rails. And then at 3, it's the man, Mark Zeno on A to Z. Zeno is closing out the afternoon with his take on the day's stories and opinions about sports that you probably won't agree with. Add in Chuck and Chernoff on Bugged Hour from 6 to 7 p.m. The Mounds of the South and the Finishing Move on Thursdays. And you've got a lineup unlike any other. This is Atlanta's Sports X. All right, my friends at Georgia Home Theater, you know them, ghtgroup.com on the web. They know that you've been spending a lot of time inside, and so that means you want to have the best in audio and video equipment and home theater setup for your home base. Now, though, we're all getting out, and we're getting out more. And for a lot of us, that means being able to enjoy outdoor living space. And right now, you realize that you want a better outdoor audio, outdoor video system. Maybe it's home security and landscape lighting. My friends at Georgia Home Theater at ghtgroup.com on the web can do all of that for you. And they've got a beautiful 20,000-square-foot design center right in Marietta across from Dobbins Air Force Base. So you can see all the different options that are available to you. It's not just TVs and stereo systems in your home. It is the best in home security, home theater, home audio, inside and out. So for all those things, and some you may not even have thought about yet, let my friends at Georgia Home Theater win your business. GHTgroup.com. That's GHTgroup.com. Let GHT Group make you your home great in sports we love to argue about who's the goat that one player who just elevated his team to win after win after win in atlanta there's really no debate jared oxendine and his team at oxendine law know how to win if you're facing divorce you want the best player in the game on your team and that's jared oxendine he's an atlanta guy who can give you that real life home court advantage when you need it so if you're ready to get divorced or just have questions about the process call jared today at 770-497-8688 or visit oxlawfirm.com Ox and Dine Law. We play to win. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling on the X. Welcome back to The Finishing Move. I'm Road Dog Adam Gillespie with my tag team partners tonight, Chris Colwell, the bearded uh, wrestling fan. Is that what it is? I have no idea. He I guess changes. he's not there. I, I guess he's gone. And, well, John Radcliffe, the, the other voice you're hearing of the two of the three. I'm here. Present. Uh, me too. All right. Well, we'll continue. He, You know, he shows he likes to make an entrance and show up a little late in the, in the segment. Is he like Hornswoggle where he's underneath the ring? <laughs> Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Well, it's time for one of my favorite segments every week where we talk about the rumors and the news in the world of wrestling when we go over the top rope. They're going to be a topic of discussion in a little bit. Uh, but the biggest news, I guess you could say, in the world of wrestling came out on Monday night, kind of twofold. Uh, not only did we lose our Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, she 
vacated the title, and we saw that Asuka technically won that title as the women's money in the bank match was uh, unknownst to the competitors. A shot for or a match for the title itself, but Becky Lynch announced that she is pregnant and having to step away from the world of wrestling to take care of herself and her unborn child. So congratulations to um, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, who we assume is the father, right? Uh, yeah, so her fiance, her fiance, and I guess we're assuming is the father. And now for the second time in his career, Seth Rollins has single-handedly ruined good championship runs. First Finn <laughs> Balor, and now with Becky Lynch. Good job, <laughs> Seth. And he ruined uh, Sting's career too, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, but you know, this has got to be kind of twofold for uh, for Becky Lynch, I would imagine. I mean, it's a great uh, new. Uh, chapter of her life where she's going to enter into motherhood and uh, have a child and her and Seth are going to hopefully raise this child together for a very long time Um, but she was kind of pretty much at the height of her career she had been champion uh, for over a year Wrestlemania to Wrestlemania uh, and and was on a very long and sustained run in my opinion where she was very popular with the fans Uh, so she'll be missed I think right Oh, absolutely. She's, uh, let's be honest, she's been one of the most popular wrestlers over the last two, three, really four years, ever since the, the women's revolution. And, you know, I couldn't be happier for her as an expecting father, you know, the idea of being, being a parent, you know, that is an awesome, exciting situation. So I'm excited for her. That moment on Monday couldn't have been a cooler moment where you could tell that there was a lot of people in the in that, you know, as far as I don't know if Oscar knew about it, but I had the feeling that Tom Phillips and company up there in the announce crew had no clue. It was almost like a shock. You know, they made a cool moment out of it. Uh, so, you know, kudos for, for her and, and Seth. Congratulations for them. But, yeah, it's going to be a big hole in the women's division uh, for Monday Night Raw and overall in WWE because you figure, you know, you're looking at, you know, probably a year or so before you were going to even think about the idea of Becky Lynch being back. But you can tell, obviously, and I, I, I don't want to say shame on Vince because ultimately they do get uh, royalties checks, but WWE making uh, merchandise for Becky Lynch going from the man to the mom. So <laughs> Becky I Lynch, made by my wife one of those. So Becky Lynch even playing on it like, hey, good, I get royalties. I get to buy. I got baby food to buy and diapers. So good for them, though. Uh, hopefully, I think it'll probably be longer than a year. Because ultimately, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't need to do the math. Or, Chris, hopefully we don't need to do the math for you. On we do long, not need to do the math. I understand uh, how long it takes. Or how long it takes and things of that nature. And then I think it'll just be some time after that. I think it'll be interesting to see who will be the next person up. And will anything get rushed at that point in time? Are you going to start rushing to try and move people out of NXT to try and fill in the uh, holes on uh for the women's roster and at that point in time it also brings up the question of now does charlotte flair drop the nxt title and make Mm. her way back up to the main roster or do they let her stay at nxt for a little while it'll be interesting to see where they go in those different directions i think they're going to be fine on the main roster with uh, oscar as a champion and a couple of new additions that they've got on raw with uh, Shayna blazer and even bianca i think those two uh, will fill the holes uh left behind by uh becky um i think that um uh, we'll be all right uh, uh, with the women's division. I think Charlotte, I don't know how long they plan on having Charlotte down in NXT, but I don't think they feel, I don't think they should have to rush anything uh, that is uh, being left behind by Becky Lynch. But once again, congratulations to both 
uh, her and uh, Seth. And it looks like Seth's uh, character may be getting a little bit of a change of a direction. I guess he was in uh, he was in shock. I guess is that what you would call it uh, in his match where he just stood there on the ring apron for the majority of it. It kind of uh, ca- uh, I was going to use a big word, but I couldn't remember how to pronounce it. Catatonic. Catat- yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one that's I was the thinking. Uh, catatonic <laughs> on the on the ring apron um, for for a good for the majority of the match. So we'll see if this uh, is going to change his character in any way. The Sunday Night Messiah. Has uh, uh, been Sunday betrayed. night Messiah. What is it? Monday, Monday night. night Monday night Messiah. I don't, I don't, I don't see him on Sunday night church services. That's right. right. That's what got me confused. Because uh, all right, stop with uh, the two syllable. We words, could uh, be saying goodbye to a legend, <laughs> at least as far as uh, uh, any on-screen time. He hasn't really competed in a match in a very long time. But uh, a Sting's WWE contract has expired. What do you guys feel about this? I know some of you guys don't really like it when these legends appear on uh, TV. I do really like it. <clears throat> I was interested in the fact that they were talking about maybe doing a Undertaker Sting match in this uh, Boneyard match style where they could go back in and, and you know, kind of movie produce it, uh, edit it, make it look good, start and stop it when they need to. I was kind of hoping for that. Of course, it's not said that he couldn't re-sign with WWE still. Uh, There are rumors that he could do a merchandising deal with him. There are rumors that he could go to AEW. Uh, Do you either of you guys have a preference on what you want to see Sting do? Well, you know, I love the idea of the Boneyard match or something along those lines, something really over the top based off of both of their gimmicks. I'm with you on that one, Gillespie, but... I, you know what? I think he would be a good fit just based on the fact that AEW's on TNT and you kind of got that background there. And they've used, they've done such a good job. You know, me and John both were kind of against the idea of these legends coming back and having these big matches all the time and taking up a spot for somebody that, you know what I mean. But with AEW, they've done a really good job. The focal point is not on these legends, they are supporting characters. You've got someone like Jake Roberts who's helping out a Lance Archer. You've got Arn Anderson there to be kind of the, the coach of Cody Rhodes, and you had the little run with DDP. and But nobody's ever been placed into that big-time spot where they're main eventing a pay-per-view. And, you know, for me, Sting might fit that mold now for an AEW. I don't know what that means, who he would be paired with, who he You know, maybe mentoring a guy like Darby Allen, who's kind of out there, you know, that kind of darker character. Maybe that's something they could do. I don't know. But either way, honestly, I think we'd win as fans. If we get that big match with Undertaker in some way, shape, or form, great. If we get him in AEW, great, too. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a Sting fan. I don't want, and let's be clear, I don't want to see Sting fight anymore. I don't want to see The Undertaker wrestle anymore. And that's no disrespect to him. I enjoyed the Boneyard match, and I like the concept of the editing and the theatrics and the drama of it. And it's not to doubt anything that The Undertaker can do because he appears to be in amazing shape, even for his age. It's just kind of one of those things of you don't want to see your heroes get old. You don't want to see them go out there longer than they need to. You know, and and it was one of those scenarios, the same thing. I don't want to see Sting and Undertaker do that anymore. Uh, I've thought about it. I'd love to see him in AEW. I keep trying to figure out where does Sting fit in in AEW? I mean... You know, that would be my question, too. I don't see I don't where, where he, he just plugged. I mean, technically, where is he fitting in in WWE? He's not doing anything in WWE except maybe 
fan appearances at fan fest and and such like that and they're making money off of He's merchandising paycheck, yeah and they're making money off of merchandising him um but i I don't if, know if his fits. wrestling days are done, I just don't know where you fit him in in the managerial role. Yeah, I don't know exactly where you put him. Who does he even his, look like he matches up with in terms of it? it? It is one of those things. If you bring him out there, do you do you put him with, say, for instance, and he's another old wrestler? Do you put him with Matt Hardy? You put the the, the lunatics thing with Matt Hardy. Do you put him with with Dean Ambrose, J- John Moxley? I just don't know where he fits yet, and that's something that. It'd be intriguing to see him do that to see how it works out. It's got to be an up and coming guy. It can't be some a major name like a Matt Hardy or, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Dean Ambrose. That's or uh, John Moxley. I'm sorry. I mean, look, it's got to be much like you know Lance Archer kind of came over and was put with Jake Roberts. Lance Archer wasn't exactly a household name in the states. People knew him over in Japan. Now you're going to really give him rises. He's in the feud with Cody, which started out as Jake Roberts versus Cody. That's where you put Sting in. You find somebody that's on the roster that's a little troubled, if you will, and let Sting be that kind of uplifting uh, you know, mentor, I guess, would be the route, the route that I would go. If you're going to do that, who that would be, I don't know. And it could be something like we saw with Bret Hart, and that was one of the rumors for uh, Sting with the AEW. He would be the guy who presented the TNT championship to the winner of the Lance Archer Cody Rhodes match. And we saw Bret Hart kind of present the, uh, the main championship uh, belt uh, when that match went down initially. So I, and then we haven't seen him back in, in AEW uh, since. <laughs> so it could have been just a one-time thing in the AEW uh, for Sting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm a Sting fan. If his rest, I, I, you know, that's one of the things I will always hold against WWE is that they killed his career and the way they handled him uh, when he did finally sign on with him. He should have won that match against Triple H at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, injuries happen. I'm not going to hate on Seth Rollins for that, although this is a, a number of injuries for him now. Uh, but for Sting to have, to, for Sting to have been one and th- two. Uh, in, in WWE history, and that one coming in a tag team match on Raw uh, is very disappointing on how they handled Sting and something I'll never uh, get over. When I was scrolling through one of the uh, Dirt Sheet pages, websites, I guess uh, you could call it, uh, today, one of the headlines I came across, and this is something that has always interested me, especially on Wednesday night with the Wednesday night wars that we have this is the headline. AEW Dynamite draws lowest viewership in show history. Well, first off, their show hasn't even been on for a full <laughs> year. So give them a little bit of a break here. But So there's the, there's the glass half uh, empty for AEW. Here's the glass half full for AEW. However, still beats WWE NXT. <laughs> uh, so... But this is happening across the board. Raw is hitting lows. SmackDown is hitting lows. Uh, AEW is hitting an all-time low, even though they haven't even been on TV for a year. Mm All-time low based off last month. (laughs) NXT is drawing lows. (laughs) People are quarantined. They're not supposed to be going out, although things are starting to open up. They should be sitting at home watching TV. Why is, uh, I I mean, I, I can't imagine they're spending time with their families while they're stuck at home. No. I mean, what is going on? Is this just a big uh, referendum from the people saying the product you're putting on is not good, mm-hmm. or is it without fans in the crowd, I can't get into it? 
You know I, what? It's I think that's part of it. But if you look at the ratings out there, just kind of across the board for television right now, you see shows that are normally super popular, like The Voice and like American Idol, that aren't doing very well in the ratings right now either. I, honestly, as much as it is folks that they, they're at home and they should be watching TV and they don't seem to be doing that, you know, the streaming services are really getting probably a bump right now. Your Netflixes and some of these other uh, stream, streaming services such as Hulu or whatever, and you're just not seeing people watch traditional TV in the same way, which it doesn't make sense, but it just seems to be one of those anomalies that's happening right now. And I think it goes a little bit different as well, where now in a time where, you know, in sports, I don't have football, I don't have baseball, I don't have any, you have no sports going on right now. With the streaming service and on-demand features, it is one of those scenarios of, you know what, Instead of me taking the time and I'm going to sit here and watch, maybe my wife doesn't want to watch uh, AEW with me or she doesn't want to watch Raw with me. Hey, you know what? Let's get the family together. Let's have a movie night. We'll have a movie night on a Monday night over dinner, whatever the case may be. Let my kids stay up a little bit later. And then I'll go and I'll watch it Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, whenever. I'll watch it when I get to it. And I think that plays a part in it where people are doing different things because just like Chris said, shows that were at ultimately – having great ratings, having stellar ratings, they're now starting to see the effects of it also. So it definitely leaves it where I can watch it a little bit later. I'm in no rush to take the time to sit down and watch it now. I think we've all talked about it here. Friday Night SmackDown. How many of us have actually sat down on Friday night and watched it on a Friday? Nah, we normally watch it Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> maybe even Monday afternoon just before Raw kicks in. So it's not getting the same effect as it used to. And if you look at backstage, uh, if you can find your channel, FS1 uh, comes on at, what, 10 or 11 o'clock at night on FS1 backstage. That Those ratings for that show are consistently so bad, they're not even showing up in, like, the cable top 150 shows that are getting rated. Uh, so WWE has got to be uh, feeling some heat with some of these ratings based off of some of these big TV contracts that they just signed with Fox and NBC Universal. Uh, and they're not really de- uh, delivering on it. And maybe even uh, TNT, too. I mean, it's lows. Uh, they're not hitting over a million viewers, but at least I guess they can go and say, hey, we're beating the other guys. But, I mean, you got to think also for TNT right now, if they didn't have Impact Wrestling, there is no basketball. You AEW. Keep in, AEW, excuse me. AEW. Can you find Impact? you you got to remember, right now, they would have the NBA Finals. They would be airing NBA the NBA games, so they probably have to be looking at it Glass half full, glass half empty that, yes, the ratings are going down, but you know what? At least we have something in the world of sports that we can air with it. Something we've already alluded to a couple times on this show is we're going to see the return of Mike Tyson. Uh, He's going to be at Double or Nothing in two weeks. He is going to present the TNT Championship to the winner of the Cody Rhodes versus Lance Archer match. Are you guys excited to see Mike back in the ring, at least presenting the title? And if so... Do you hope it maybe leads to something else with for Iron Mike? I mean, why not? <laughs> My thing would be, is he just going to present the title, or do you find a way to work him into, even if it's just a one-time angle at the pay-per-view, like who gets not, who gets decked? I mean, who gets knocked out? It's not going to be Cody, right, because he's the baby face, but you know, could it be Lance Archer? But then again, Lance Archer is supposed to be your monster heel. So I'll be interested to see if they were to do something along those lines, how – that happens, but surely he's not just there to give a title away. Um, I'm happy to see Mike Tyson there, but I got a question, and I don't know how many of you guys watch UFC. Haven't we seen this before? 
Didn't Dwayne The Rock Johnson come out and present in Las Vegas at UFC, one of the UFCs, the BMF title? So I get your creativity. What's that stand for again? Uh, we can't say that right now. We can When we do another podcast, we'll say it there. It's okay. Um, but, you know, it, it, I get what you're trying to do. And hopefully we do get to see Mike Tyson get involved with something. Hopefully somebody, I, I would actually even hope that someone like a, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The Scarf, uh, MJF, MJF, comes out and, you know, he kind of pokes Mike Tyson in the chest and Mike Tyson kind of gives him an overhand right. I'd love to see something like that. A Chris Jericho, maybe. But other than that, yeah, let me see the one off and then we're done with Mike Tyson. Uh, I, I'm still a Mike Tyson fan. I still love everything that he's done in the world of boxing. But let's not get over. Let's not go crazy with this look. I agree. I don't think we need to get much more out of Mike than what we're going to get. Maybe just the appearance. I don't. I, but you know, I got to imagine that they are going to uh, pay Mike. Uh, you know, a pretty hefty sum. And you, what you equate that to is, all right, if we're going to pay you X amount of dollars to appear on our pay per view, we're at least hoping that people are going to tune into the pay-per-view and buy it based on the fact that you're a part of it. And it's going to kind of offset the cost of us probably traveling, probably having to travel him private plane from Vegas to Jacksonville for the pay-per-view. I don't see anybody saying, I want to buy this pay-per-view because Mike Tyson is on it. Now, back at WrestleMania, what was it, 14, when it was Stone, when he was involved with Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and, uh, and that match, People probably did buy that pay-per-view to see if Stone Cold was going to get in Mike Tyson's face and how it was going to play out on that pay-per-view. I don't see any reason uh, for this. What I can't, what I have to imagine is a pretty hefty price tag for Mike Tyson. It's nothing more than added value for a one-off, I guess, really, for the pay-per-view. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I mean, you're not. I'm surely they're not paying him what WWE paid him back in 1998. But you know, its value isn't what it was 20 some odd years ago, however long it was. But I mean, it's just a nice little added thing. The question is, you know, is the price they spent or what they pay, they're paying him to come in for this, is it going to be worth it in the long run? I don't know. I mean, if we find out how much he actually makes for this, I guess then we can judge. But I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm just, you know, I just think it's a cool little added thing that we'll get with that pay-per-view. I just, you know, I'm with you, Adam. I Whether or not it actually pays off for them in the long run or even in the short term here, I don't know. WWE is already having to look ahead with the current situation that uh, we are all temporarily living in here with the COVID-19 issues. And they are looking at SummerSlam. And the city of Boston is saying, eh, we're probably not going to do any big gatherings, at least even through Labor Day. Uh, SummerSlam is scheduled for late uh, August. So those two timelines don't really match up. I don't think WWE wants to have another Performance Center pay-per-view. Definitely not one for the Big Four where they were kind of hoping to redo some of the Hall of Fame events, redo, uh, have a takeover, and you know you have Raw and SmackDown live from the same city. Uh, So if Boston doesn't work out, I think I know a city that may be willing to host this. Uh, WWE, Atlanta's open. We're right here. <laughs> We're opening up down here. We're good. Uh, we, and by we, then, we may be able to host maybe not a full MB, uh, you know, Mercedes-Benz, but, you know, some level capacity at an MBS or even a Phillips, uh, I'm sorry, State Farm Arena. Let uh, me give you a different perspective of this. Right now, we've been watching WWE in the Performance Center with the same warehouse look. Even if you fail. Even if you can't fill it. Even if no one can be there. Even if you go into Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you open the roof, 
You let the natural light shine in. Maybe you do it a little earlier in the day just as the sun's going down. And you just net, let natural sunlight, hopefully you get nice weather too. You let that natural sunlight shine in. It creates a different look. If there's a way that you can do it I, where you can do virtual, you know, different different things around the city, let's do it. Atlanta's open. We're here. The Atlanta Sports X, home team in Hamilton. They talk wrestling every week. Mm-hmm. We will be happy have you here in Atlanta. The finishing move. The Atlanta Sports X, they have a wrestling show. They have wrestling podcasts. They are here for you. WWE events. I know we've been critical of you. Do not hold anything that Chris Colwell has said to you about you personal. Whoa, whoa, he knows whoa. not what he speaks. He has pregnancy brain. We okay, are here for uncreative. you. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it, and if they don't do Mercedes-Benz, I hear there's an open stadium right next to where you guys are currently on the air. That might be a good place to do an outdoor-style SummerSlam. I think the, but I, I said Mercedes-Benz, but I think that would be way too big for what they're going to be able to fill size-wise, at least because, not because fans don't want to go, but because of uh, just what guidelines will probably allow. So a, a place like State Farm, Gwinnett, uh, Gwinnett Arena, uh, I think the Roxy probably. No, I, I love our friends over there, the Roxy, but that's probably a little too small for it. <laughs> that's a little too for small. a big pay per view. Yeah, wrestling couldn't fill it. So true as part. Wow, shots fired. Um, but I it, hey, if he's looking to move it, I hope it comes to Atlanta. I would love to see SummerSlam come to Atlanta. I would definitely be in attendance for that with my mask on. If you I, can, I could wear my I could wear my Bray uh, my Fiend mask that I got. Uh, so I, I hope it comes. I think that'd be great. I would love to even go see the NWO go uh, go into the Hall of Fame if they do end up moving that to that Hall of Fame. Uh, let me talk about a little bit of stuff to help you fulfill your time for the rest of your quarantine period. If you're Hanging out at home. We can't talk about that now. (laughs) That's podcast only? All right, I won't talk about that specific thing. But this was something I really wanted to get to last week, and I'm going to get to it right now. We're going to crowbar it in whether we have time or not. (laughs) Uh, I I know I talked with you a little bit about this earlier, John, and Colwell, since you refused to come hang out with us, I wasn't able to really talk to you about it. Uh, But it is something we've talked about on the show uh, have you watched any of the Dark Side of the Ring uh, documentaries on Vice this season? Yes, I have watched the Jimmy Snooker and the Dino Bravo. I have enjoyed those two, and I think I'm a little behind because I know that— Oh, the, you're behind if you've only watched those two. No, no, those were the last two that I've oh, watched. okay, okay. Yeah, those are the last two that I've watched. Uh, I know the Road Warriors one recently came out. That was this have, past Tuesday. And I missed that one, So, and I'm that's the one I really want to see because obviously the music, not only was it just that, I'm a fan of the Road Warriors. Yeah, I remember when I kind of, when, uh, when they were had, before they even announced all the episodes, we, I kind of asked you guys, what storylines would you like to be seen? And you said the uh, the Road Warriors before that was even announced as one of the, so I, I figured that'd be one you were uh, chomping at the bit to see. Oh, I will get to it. Believe you me. I mean, and if you don't know the stories of the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, particularly towards the end of their career, most notably also between uh, is it Road Warrior Animal's life. I want to make sure I get the right one. Hawk is the one that's passed away. Road Warrior Hawk's life, ultimately where he battled drug addiction, uh, he and alcoholism. He he had a lot of demons that he had to deal with, and um. It is a story that I want to see. I've followed them for a long time uh, throughout a wide array of different companies that they were with, and I thoroughly enjoyed them. And, Chris, I don't know. Have you gotten a chance to get to get into any of the uh, Dark Side of the Ring shows? I don't know that I actually have Vice as a channel, so I've yet to actually find my way into watching the show. It's the same channel right next to Impact Wrestling where they come on. 
Oh, well, see, we, that's why I have to watch Impact Wrestling on Twitch every 8 to 10 p.m. for those of you looking for it. But, no, the, the episodes, from what I've read, some of the, the stuff about it, some of the summaries and whatnot, I mean, it sounds so interesting. I definitely, you know, y'all mentioned the Dino Bravo one. That's the one that's kind of in cloud that there isn't a whole lot of information up until now about that. There's just some things about it that I definitely want to see, and that's what I may have to go out of my way. I may have to, you know, get my way onto, like, Apple uh, TV or whatever and find a way just to buy an episode or something just to watch i if you haven't seen i was uh i think these uh episodes are great uh the crispin wall which got the season started was was excellent it was a two-part se- uh two-part episode uh on the on the tragedy that ended up in his life um, and they also kind of touched on the tragedy of Ed, Eddie Guerrero's life uh, temp, uh, a little bit and how those two guys' lives were intertwined. Uh, you had New Jack, which I think was a good episode. Uh, my brawl fa- for it all. The brawl for yeah, the brawl for all was a great episode. Looking back at that, and I heard that Vince McMahon even talked about wanting to bring that back again, uh, even after that. One of my favorite episodes was. Uh, was David Schultz in the slap heard around the world. If you don't know about that one, that one was a really interesting episode. A lot of them can be kind of dark and gloomy. Uh, obviously, we just talked about the, the name, uh, dark side. of Yeah, the dark world. side. of the, Well, but it doesn't have to be always be about death like Dino Bravo or Crispin Wall. I'm sorry. Or, or the, Let's uh, run down the names real, real quick. Well, I uh, get it. Randy Macho Man Savage, the Von Erics. But that's why I think the David Schultz one was so fun, in my opinion. Uh, where he slapped that reporter for asking him if wrestling was fake and in well the lawsuits. Too, by the way. What's that? I said that was well-deserved, that yes. slap. And, you know, it's just that's why I think that one was so much fun, just because it wasn't as dark and gloomy about the death of somebody at the end of it or the murders uh, around somebody. So that's another one that I highly recommend. A lot of people really got into the Road Warriors. It was the second highest rated one that they've had. The highest rated one is the uh, two-part Crispin Wall. Now, next week's episode, the season finale for this season, I think is another one that probably could take the number one or two spot when it comes to ratings. I know I'm going to watch this one live because I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's about the uh, death of Owen Hart and they've got his uh, widow and some of his children commenting on this uh, episode about it. And that's not something that I know she wrote. Mar- Martha wrote a book shortly afterwards, but she has not done a lot of at least TV interviews or uh, especially sent, uh, in this current time. So I'm very interested to hear from her and kind of the grudge, I guess you could call it, uh, I don't know if that's the right, the best no, that's term the perfect word for that it, the she grudge. still holds versus against WWE and Vince McMahon, uh, one of the reasons why Owen Hart's not in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm definitely looking forward to next week. And if you can or if you have the opportunity to watch it, go back and watch some of these other ones. But that one is definitely one to watch, I think, as wrestling fans who grew up enjoying Owen Hart. If you've been paying attention, and I don't know if you guys have watched it, and I'm going somewhere with this, the Last Dance, it's an ESPN documentary on the Chicago Bulls and their run of the championships, but primarily it focuses on Michael Jordan. And one of the things everyone has talked about is they want to hear from Juanita Jordan, his ex-wife, and they want to hear about some of the her side of the story from different things. That's what I think is going to be the most fun part. And I hate I use the word fun lightly, and I apologize for that, not to be Interesting, maybe. A better Interesting, word. yes. To hear from them. His wife, because we know Brett's feelings about it. We know the way that Brett feels about it, but to hear that side of it, to hear her feelings on it, because I remember watching that pay-per-view. 
I remember the cutaways. I remember the somber tones. And then as I got older to hear that they're being told in their headsets, keep going, keep going, keep moving, keep going. You know, even just around here at Dickey Broadcasting, we, I, I, no one up here has a personal relationship with Kobe Bryant. But that day, every person, not just here, I think around the world, it was a sombering moment. So now if you can just imagine being at a live event, a guy who is like a friend, a brother, to, an actual brother to some of the wrestlers, but a brother to some of these guys that passed away. And Vince McMahon is telling them the show must go on. They can't touch it. They can't talk about it. That's the part. That's the the portion of the story that we've all wanted filled in for years and I think you're right it's going to be interesting to see her side to hear her side because there's going to be so much raw emotion that's going to be there I'm intrigued and I definitely am looking forward to this one because if you haven't seen them all the ones that have the backstories I still have to catch up on the Dave Schultz and uh, was it Herb Andrews? Yeah, Herb Abrams, Herb Abrams uh, the, uh, Cocaine and Cowboys. And the good, I got to uh, catch up on those two. Dino Bravo, the one you kind of pointed out there, uh, Colwell. I know you haven't seen it, but uh, they have Dino Bravo's widow and child also talk about. On they do a good job of getting as much um, of the as close as they can to the subject. In this case, like the widow Martha Hart is going to be on it. Uh, so and they do a podcast with Conrad Thompson, another podcast he does, and they go back and it's only uh, and they just go back and look at the uh, uh, the episode that just aired, and they kind of talk about the process of getting everybody together, who said no, who who might have said who said yes, who might not have wanted to be on it, uh, and that's very interesting as well to go and listen to uh, as these episodes roll out, and I'm looking forward to to hearing about how this Owen Hartman got put together. Of course, there is no WWE involvement, so we won't really get a WWE true side of things, but we will get Jim Ross's, who obviously was on commentary that night, uh, and he's able to be a part of it being with AEW now. So if you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, I highly recommend going to watch it if you have the, uh, um, if you have the ability to do so. I think the Chris Benoit episodes are still on YouTube so you can get those off of YouTube. Uh, the other ones, you may be able to do Vice On Demand if you have access to that. Are you pirating stuff now? Once, yes. Well, I, I just uh, don't tell my, my neighbor, <laughs> uh, but there's a cord running from my house to her house, and You're stealing I have your to watch what cable? she watches. That's horrible. You're stealing your neighbor's cable. What do you uh, have the pay-per-view box that you're stealing, too? Is this 1990 all over again? A couple other things. Did y'all watch the Undertaker documentary that, that aired directly after Money in the Bank? The first of I don't know how many I think parts. it's like 12. It's yeah. a 12-part documentary. I started watching it. Uh, I did not finish it because once I realized that there were 12 other episodes, I kind of want to see them all in succession. Yeah, I know. Netflix has kind of spoiled us with that. Uh, Colwell, did you get an opportunity to watch any of that? No, I did not. I found the time I had barely to watch Money in the Bank itself, but I didn't I, have time to watch that's that. Another that one I'm I, looking forward to. That's another one I, re- I highly recommend. The first episode, at least, is very good. It goes all the way back uh, to him losing to Brock Lesnar, uh, even the year before, I believe, it covers. Uh, and it gets up to him losing to Roman Reigns at the um, WrestleMania in Orlando. So it's a good one, and I can't wait to hear him talk about his thoughts on that match in Saudi Arabia with Goldberg, so I'm sure they're going to talk about that. Uh, but that's another great one. I love uh, the fact that he's addressed, and, and I hope he can find a way, and WWE Uncreative can help him put this together, because he feels like his goodbye match has passed him by. He's been very open on social media lately, which kudos to him, because this is a guy that has 
lived that gimmick for decades. And so now for him to be as open as he is and as honest as he is and, and just pulling back the curtain, I love that con- concept of it, that he's doing that. And it is definitely something that uh, has piqued my interest a little bit more because if you're a wrestling fan, you have no choice but to have the utmost respect for, like I said, the gimmick that he's held on to for all of these years, the gimmick that he's kept up, and I think it'll definitely be great to see how far and how much more he pulls back. Tell me, I'll give you the break. This could have been a good go-home question. Okay, fine, hold on. Go home! That's your home! I can't remember. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! I can't remember if it was the... um, in this documentary, the episode one, somebody was saying it about Undertaker. If I heard it on one of the uh, multitude of podcasts that we all listen to, um, but is Undertaker the greatest character ever in in wrestling? Now that doesn't mean wrestler like maybe you would say Ric Flair is the greatest technician or a Dean Malenko who had a thousand. Hold- oh, I'm sorry, Chris Jericho who had a thousand and one holds, or like a Bret Hart. But the character Undertaker, is that the greatest character that has ever been uh, in wrestling? I think so. Absolutely. I, have, I mean, the only only character I would compare it to, and we mentioned it earlier because it's the dream match, would be Crow Sting. That was such a, a, a great character, too. But Undertaker with the longevity. I was going to say, doesn't longevity way, give but, him the, the ups there? I think so, especially because he's been a constant. You know, Sting was out of the limelight for a little while, and then he then he was in TNA. But it was kind of at that point the character was just kind of there. Uh, the Undertaker's character evolved over time. You know, the biker gimmick, and then he morphed his way back into like a mix of the two. He worked in the MMA stuff, and, and still kind of kept that same over the top dead man gimmick. And I I don't know how you could argue that. Uh, if I I'm gonna have I, you're right. I'll give Undertaker one. Can I go 1B and say Ric Flair has to be the second one? Because Richard Fleer from that uh, 30 for 30 that they did on him, it seemed like he just took on the embodiment of Ric Flair. It didn't seem like that was his natural persona, and he just lived the gimmick for so long, he continues on to the gimmick. Am I wrong for going down that road of Ric Flair might be 1B to go with it to me? I think Flair is a great uh, character. If you want to separate wrestler from character, I think he definitely has, you know, the high flying, kiss stealing, Rolex wearing, you know, flying space mountain. Yeah, I mean that's a great character mm-hmm. as well. And but man, I, the dedication that you had to give to, uh, you know, sell the Undertaker character. Right. Right. I think right. The, I, I mean, every guy out there would love to be the Ric Flair character uh, mm-hmm. to be. But and and you know, it's this part of this documentary was. It's just interesting because this is a character and a person that we haven't really got to be able to know because we haven't had this type of stuff done about him or talked about him. You know, I was told uh, back in the day when, like, we would have the under uh, Ultimate Warrior documentaries or they did the uh, Hulk Hogan or whatever, whoever, that they kept, they purposely kept um, Undertaker, I can't think of his real name now. Mark. Mark, uh, Mark Galloway. Mark Galloway. Yes, uh, off of those because they didn't want to ruin the character of the Undertaker by showing you the real person behind the character. Uh, I feel like we knew Ric Flair. I, But also at the same time, you're right. We did know Ric Flair, but and maybe because it did come out years later where uh, the Undertaker, he joined, you know, you had guys like uh, the Godfather. You had... Uh, Savio Vega, where they form like their own little opposite of the, 
uh, what do I want to call it, the authority of wrestling, and they became like the bad guys, the bullies of it, and he became more humanized. But you're right. There was a stretch there that, you know, you don't hear of a lot of stories. You heard about Bam Bam Bigelow going up and down the roads with someone. You heard about, you know, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash. You The list goes on and on. You don't hear a lot of stories of, yeah, I traveled with Taker. You the Honestly, one of the first stories I can think of that comes to mind was when uh, the Big Show got to WWE, and it was just kind of they wanted to groom Big Show a little bit more, and they wanted to smooth off the rough edges for him, and they put him with The Undertaker, and Big Show Mm -hmm. said, that was the first time I ever got a chance that The Undertaker was a person to me, but he was still spooky. He was still scary, and and just the way that he carried himself in the businessman and the demeanor, that's the cool part about now is where he's pulling the curtain back a little bit. I do want to see how much more he'll he'll reveal to us. You know what makes that gimmick so great, though, when you think about the longevity of it and the fact that you know, Ric Flair's character, it, it's not unrealistic to think of somebody that's a playboy that's got all this kind of money that throws it around and has. But The Undertaker is a very unrealistic gimmick, a very supernatural style gimmick. For it to have that kind of longevity and people not just be like, okay, that's dumb now, it, that's what tells the commitment to it to make it work is what makes that gimmick so great. I do wonder, I don't know how many parts this series is going to come in with. Uh, but I do wonder if at the final episode, at the end of it, if he's going to say that the Boneyard match was his last match and he's going to retire at the end of this document. Uh, I wouldn't be upset about it. I then, love The Undertaker. I love the character that he is. You know, if he, if he definitely will make it on the any Mount you know, multiple people, Mount Rushmore of some of the greatest wrestlers, the greatest, we're talking about it now, the greatest character, he'll definitely be up there. It is one of those scenarios of if he decided, you know, this is the end, I'm over, I'm, I'm over it, and I want to be with my family, you know, I'm not upset about it. Thank you, Undertaker, for all that you've done because he, he's been, I mean, goodness, how many generations, and, and I'm saying just that, generations of people have gotten to enjoy the talent that is The Undertaker. You figure it started when we were kids. Unfortunately, there are kids having kids right now. And now the next kid, there's grandkids enjoying it. Uh, so I'm not sure what we're doing here. Are we ending the show? Because we still haven't taken a break. Yeah, we're just going to end the show. What? Well, I got another go home question. Okay, go ahead. Ooh. All right, this was a, uh, something that we just found out on uh, backstage, that apparently, that nobody watched. Um, but in case you didn't watch it, Sami Zayn is no longer our IC champion. Who do you want? They're going to have a, a, t- a title tournament to crown title the new one. Title tournament. Title tournament to crown the new one. Who do you want to see come out? You can give me just uh, the name of a wrestler. You don't have to go into detail. Who do you want to see come out Ooh. of the other side of this, the new IC champion? Daniel Bryan. Okay. John? Uh, I am going to say Xavier Woods. Have him come back in the new day. Uh, I kind of like the stable. I, I told you not to go into detail. Angel Garza. Build that stable up. Okay, fair point. Wrong well, brand. You're applying oh, logic here. Right, now it's really go. time to end the <laughs> I'm ending the show. Have a great night, everybody. We'll I'm talk gonna, to you I'm next Thursday. I'm going to push the button now. Bye. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake!